today, but we will uh, eventually, we're going to take the next five verses and look at the teaching of Christ, something that he makes sure to make a big deal about here in this text. And again, like I said, he does give a discourse uh, of preaching, a lesson, a lecture, whatever you would like to call it, for the next uh, 50 some odd verses where he speaks directly to these people. 
that had come over on the other side. See what happened was there was so we understand everybody grasped a rat just so Jesus got on the boat uh, in the middle of the in the middle of the sea. Hallelujah! Come on, in the middle of the storm, he walked to their boat, got on their boat, and then he took them directly to the other side of the storm, uh, other side of the seashore. And so they're on the other side of the seashore, and this is where this picks up. Uh, this this text of those verses. There the there he is. He's standing there. And a bunch of people followed him over, over the sea. And uh, they followed him. So let's look at that text. If you got your Bible, John chapter number 6. If you can, let's stand and let's read together in verse number 22 together. If you will, read along there with me quietly while I read aloud. The Bible says in verse number 22, The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one whereunto the disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. They were trying to figure out what, what, what happened here. They said, oh, I only saw one boat, and, I, and the disciples got on that boat, and I didn't see Jesus get on the boat. We've got to go find out what's going on here. Verse number 23, the Bible says, How be it there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they took ship, they took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. Verse 25, and when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? How did you get here? <laughs> when did you get here? We gotta know, we gotta know what's going on here. Verse number 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, say, say unto you, Ye seek me not, you seek me, not because you, you saw the miracle, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the, for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, Amen. which the Son of Man shall give unto you for him that hath God the Father sealed. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. For today, thank you for the sweet spirit this morning. Yes. Thank you for the singing and, and uh, all that took place. And uh, Lord, I I ask that you fill me with your words. Yes. Remove yes. me of self. Yes. Empty me, empty me of self and fill me with your spirit that Ooh. I may preach the word that that you have intended for us to hear this morning. Yes. Lord, I pray that if there's one in here today that doubts whether they would go to heaven, I pray that today would be their day. Lord, I also thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for answered prayer. Lord, may we always remember to pray. May we always remember to come before you with thanksgiving in our heart. We love you, God. We thank you for what you've done. Yes. And in the strong name of Jesus, the name which is above every name, Jesus, amen. we pray. Amen, amen and amen. Y'all may be yes. seated here. In verse number 22, just by way of introduction, we'll make our way through. In verse number 22, you'll see that the day following, when the people stood on the other side of the sea, they saw that none other boat was there. They were looking specifically to see where Jesus had gone or what his disciples were going to do. And they didn't see that a boat was there. And uh, he seen 
that there was nobody there. Verse number 23, uh, the Bible says in verse number 23, how be it there came other boats from Tiberias nigh. Some, some scholars would, would say that maybe these boats washed up from the storm. I, I don't know that that is so, but ultimately these boats were on the shore and they seen that all these boats were there and uh, these people were still looking for Christ and he wasn't among the boats. And he wasn't among those people that got off those boats. They, he noticed that they, the disciples weren't there and Jesus weren't, wasn't there. And so they had to go figure out where he was. And so in verse number 24, when the people saw that there was nobody else, that, that Jesus wasn't there, they got, a, they got a boat. They took a shipping. They got a boat. They booked a boat and they went across the way there to find him in Capernaum. And the Bible says in verse number 24, they were seeking for who? They were seeking for Jesus. You know what? They had one mission going on here. They were seeking for Jesus. And there is something to note because when they found him in verse number 25 and they found him, see what happens when you look for something, most of the time you find it. I don't know about you, but, but uh, I, I try to keep my keys in the same spot every day. I try to keep my wallet in the same spot every day. I try to keep those things in the same spot so that the next time I go to look for them, guess where they're at? in the same spot. Well, guess what happens every once in a while? Somebody will move the keys uh -oh. or somebody will move the wallet or somebody will move the phone and then what? Where's it at? I've lost it. Oh, it's under here. It's over there. It's under this. It's over there. And then you have to search for it and you search until you find it. Yes. But there's come, there comes times when you lose something and you can't find it. I can't find it. And you've searched and you've searched and you've searched and you've searched and you can't find it. But that was not the case for these people that day. They searched until they found Jesus. You understand that it had to be, they had to be a little bit diligent about searching for it. Not only do you see that they were diligent, but they had to book a ship. They had to book a boat to go across there. And I, I don't know that they were fishing or that they owned boats, so they had to probably pay the fare that it took to get across from one side to the other. So they spent some money. They, they were devoted about getting to Jesus. They were dedicated about getting to Jesus. They, they were determined to get to Jesus. And how many times is it in our life when, when the road is blocked, we'll just give up? Come on, preacher. Oh, when something hard comes up, we'll go another direction. Rather than taking our time and being determined to seek for Jesus and being determined, well, it doesn't matter what's in my way. It doesn't matter what's coming up. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to do right. I'm going to seek after him. And those men, those, the multitude, they sought after Jesus. Now, it is, it is good to note that the Bible talks about seeking the Lord. You say it does? It does. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 50, 55 and verse number 6, he said, seek the Lord. While he may be found. Yeah, because right. there may be a day when you go seeking for him and you can't find him. You say, there might come a day? Yes, sir, there might come a day when you seek the Lord and he can't be found. Right. Because here's the deal. is God's going to call you and God's going to call you and God's going to call you. And eventually the time is going to come where he's not going to call you anymore. That's right. Bible says in Isaiah, seek the Lord why he may be found because today's that day to seek the Lord. Amen. Well, let's do it tomorrow. Let's worry about tomorrow. Let's seek him tomorrow. Let's get, let's get busy about serving God tomorrow. Let's get busy about doing the work of God tomorrow. Let's get busy. 
busy about doing God's work next week. Well, I'll do it next month. Look, we are three quarter. We we are three quarters of the way done with this year. Amen. That's right. We have one quarter left. One. What are you going to do with the rest of 2020? Well, man, it's already over. No, it's not already over. We still have three months left. We still have a work to do. There's still church. There's still a lot of things to do with the church. There's still things to do for God. God's work is not done in 2020. That's right. Well, man, I, man, 2020 has turned me upside down. Well, maybe it has. But this, we still have time left to serve God. Yeah. <coughs> we need to seek the Lord while He may be found. You know what the Bible also says? Bible also says in Proverbs chapter number 20 and 8 and verse 17, he says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall what? Find, find me. Find me. When you seek God early, you'll find him. I don't know if that's talking about early in life. I don't know if that's talking about early in the day. I don't know if that's talking about, but I do know this. I know that the Bible says if you seek the Lord early, you're going to find Him. So you better seek Him early in your life. You better seek Him early in your decisions. You better seek Him early in all that you do. You better seek Him early in, in your day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seek Him early. Why? Because He may be found. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 33 and verse number 1, Oh God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. I would hope and pray that that would be our goal, Amen. is to seek <coughs> the Lord. But I want us to look at this text. Because he's not done. Seeking is important. Going after the Lord is important. But he nails down something here <coughs> that is important for us to see. And this is what the, the basis of the sermon is about he's teaching them that yet they were seeking him, and I'm glad they found him, but they were doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah. He said, you've sought the Lord, and that's good. I'm glad. We each need to seek the Lord every day. Amen. Every decision we make, we need to seek God. But what is behind the seeking? What caused you to seek the Lord? What's causing you to do that? Do you know what caused them to do that? Verse start look at what he says in verse number 26. He said, Verily, verily, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles. He said, You're not after me because you saw the miracles. You don't want to see me because I fed 5,000 people. He said, You traveled all the way across that, you traveled all the way across the sea, you booked a fare, you came all the way over here to me, and you were seeking, which was good, but you're not after me because you saw the miracles. You just want more food. You just come follow me because I fed you earlier. You know, there's a crowd that, hey, guess what? Food time comes, they'll show up for church. What? Are you talking? Preacher. It's true. Amen. That was love. They won't come to church for anything else, but if you have your food, oh, they'll come running. Yeah. That's right. You say, are you preaching against that? No, I'm not. I'm, <clears throat> I'm saying what Jesus said. He said, the only reason you're coming is because of the food. He said, yeah, I just got done feeding you. And all you want is the food. Their motives were completely wrong in seeking Jesus. Do you know that your motive can be wrong in seeking the Lord? Your motive can be wrong in serving God? Why do you serve God? Why do you come to church? Why did you do this? Why? Why? 
Why? Because ultimately, why you do something is the, one of the most important things. Why? Why? There, you say, why is that important? <coughs> there will come a day when we stand before God and our motives are revealed. Yep. Why did you do what you did? Why did you serve God? Why did you sing? Why did you go to church? Why? Our motives will be revealed. Amen. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians, I believe, he says that our works will be tried, yet so as by fire. They will take what you've done in this life, all the good deeds that you've done, all the good things that you've done, and they've, they'll put it on, on stand, on the sacrifice, everything that you've done. Here it is. Bible says that there are no, the building materials that which you can use is wood, hay, and stubble. Gold, silver, and precious stones. That's what you can use. And they're going to take all the motives, everything that I've ever done, all the good that I've ever done. They're going to take it and they're going to, God's going to put it on display right here. And they're going to light it on fire. And what is left is my is, is the reward. Yeah. That's right. But if my motives were wrong, I, I want out of You did it for praise of man? You want a reward. You did it for a pat on the back? Recognition? I want to get my name on the plaque. I want to get my name on the on the roll. I gotta get my name on this. I gotta I gotta have the preacher recognize me. Did you hear him talk about that guy the other day? I want him to recognize me like that. People do it. I want somebody to recognize them. The reason they came across there wasn't because they wanted to know more about God. They wanted more food. Right. He said, your, your, your motives are all messed up, bud. Can I be honest with you? There's probably times in my life, and there's probably times in your life that our motives are not right. Amen. Right. That's right. We want somebody to praise us. We want, some, we want to make sure that, hey, did you notice that back there? I did that. Our motives are wrong. He says your motive is wrong. <coughs> well, look what he tells them. He tells them something that he forbids. He says, look at this in verse number 27. Number one, he says this is he's forbidding it. Verse number 27, he says, labor not for the meat which perisheth. What is that? What is he talking about? He's talking about the food. He said, quit laboring so that you will get food. <coughs> quit coming over here, crossing the sea so I'll give you some food. He said, don't do it. <coughs> and what, what, is, what is he, honestly, what is he talking about? He's telling them that there's more important things going on in this world than meat. There's more important things going on in this world than eating and drinking and waiting until the next day. This is not our life. This is not what life is about. It's not about eating and, and drinking. It's about something else. How we live our life, how we, what we live our life for. What are you living your life for? The next paycheck? The next dinner? The next food? Hey, man, I love food with the rest, with the best of them, man. I can throw down on some food, let me tell you. And I don't like to eat bad food. I don't like dry chicken. I don't like I like my, my food to be juicy and flavorful and full of all kinds of good stuff. That's how I want my food. Can I get a witness, all right? Amen. 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 I don't want to sit down and eat bad food, all right? 
gumbo. I want it to taste like gumbo, all right? Mm-hmm. I want it to taste good. If I'm going to sit down and eat a juicy steak, guess what? I want it to taste good. I want it not to be dry. I want the juices still still be running yeah. in that thing, you know? I mean, come on. That's what I want. But Jesus said, he said, to, don't worry. What are you worried about? The meat. He said, quit laboring for the meat. Quit laboring for the now. Right. That's what he was telling them. Right. <coughs> he said, you're worried about now when you ought to be laboring for them. Right. Amen. Amen. Quit laboring for the, the, the meat that will vanish away tomorrow. There ain't nothing wrong with good eating. Amen. Right. Amen. 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 Ain't nothing wrong with good eating. No, that's right. But he said we're too concerned. He said you're too concerned about the meat. I think, this is just Trenton's opinion, I think that today that we're too worried about the meat. Amen. You said, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm too worried about the meat? I'm too worried about right now. What's going on? What can I get? Right. I got to get this, and I got to have 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 this to be... To be wealthy. I gotta have this to, to have something. When I die, guess what's not coming with me? Not My me. stuff. Right. Guess what they don't do behind the hearse? Pull the U-Haul. Right. <laughs> they ain't gonna do it. That's right. Because only what you do on this life for who counts? Jesus. That's right. For Christ. That's it. Quit laboring for he's forbidding them that they labor for the meat. Today, yeah. You say, what do you mean? Look at this next next statement he makes in verse number twenty-seven. Not only does he say that he labor not, he said labor, labor not for the meat, because that meat's going to perish. Uh, but in verse in that same verse, but for the meat which endureth unto life everla- everlasting life. He said, but, but, but what? But labor for those things. But what? He said that the, the labor that you're doing, the meat that you're working on right now, it's going to vanish away. In the Bible, in the what the Bible says that uh, that the things on this earth will rust and corrupt and and daw and dust will get on and moth will eat it and the things yeah. that we have. Guess what? That that's what's going to happen to our stuff. But the things in eternity will never rust, will never will never mold, will never do anything wrong. The things in eternity. His first concern. <coughs> was was ministering to them physically. Sure, he needed to feed them, but that's not what we're here for. He said, "My first concern, my first concern is that meat that endureth forever. That meat that's going to have, that's going to be forever life. What does that mean, preacher? I mean this. Excuse me." That the things that, that I do here on this earth, only the, the, what I take with me, what I, what I do, will only determine what I take with me when I go. I can't take any physical items with me. Right. The only thing I can do is take other people with me. Amen. Right. That's it. And he said, you're worried about that. Hey, quit, quit worrying. Quit laboring for the meat today because it won't be here tomorrow. Quit laboring for that. The most important thing in this life 
is not food. It is your soul. Amen. Amen. It's your soul that matters. It's the soul destination that counts. We see the forbidding. We see the first concern. But then lastly, in number three, he gives a promise. He gives a promise. In verse number three, uh, verse number 27, he says, at the end, he says, which endureth unto the Lord, which the Son of Man shall give unto you for him that hath God the Father sealed. Yeah. Now, I want you to know that he is not talking about salvation here. He's not. No. He's not talking about the gift of eternal life. You say, what do you mean? He's not talking about when you believe on him and he'll give you everlasting life. That's not what he's talking about here. He is talking about the meat that they are laboring for. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your affections on things above and not on the things of the earth. Why? Because what, what matters in this life? Sure, we want to make money. We've got to, we've got to have money to pay the bills. We've got to have money to, to feed our families. We have to have that. Understand Christ knows that, but we shouldn't live our lives for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Live our life for Christ. Live our because only what happens in eternity counts. We have one life, and this life will pass. Any of you who have been alive for any amount of time know that time passes way too fast. Yeah. Man, I mean, it seems like yesterday <clears throat> we were starting January 2020. Yeah. Literally. I mean, it just has. And the older I get, the older you get, time passes faster. Yeah. And the only thing that matters in this life is what I've done for Christ. If my time ended today, what I've done with Christ, would I be satisfied with what I can give Christ? Here it is. This is what I've done on earth. This is what I've accomplished for you, and this is what I can give you. My motives were pure. Hmm? The things that I did was for you. I'm going to be honest. There have been times I've come to church. I've sang song. I've preached a sermon. I've went out soul and or visiting, and it wasn't for God. You say you've done it? Yep. And so have you. Because my motive was not clean. My motive was not pure. And I'll stand to God. I'll stand before God for that. Yeah. All of us. But so will you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But he said, what are you doing? This meat that you're worried about today, it's going to be gone tomorrow. You need to be worried about tomorrow. You need to be worried about our eternity. Because the meat that counts is eternal work for God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 2, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Why do we live our lives? Why are we here? Why did God create us? Why did he create me? To live for him. Amen. For communion with God. That's why he made man. That's why he made man. So that he could walk with him in the cool of the day, in Amen. the garden. Yeah. yeah. And man ruined that. Yeah. Yeah. You think that that's changed? God hasn't changed. 
The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't Man. change. Right, right. God still wants to communicate with us. Jesus wants us, wants to hear from us. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us. That's what he wants. That's what he wants to do. May I humbly submit to you that this is it. This is your life. You're not going to get enough chance. This is it. What you do for Christ matters now. Amen. And one day it will matter in eternity. Yes. So what will you do? What will I do? Because I can only control Trenton. I can only determine what kind of rewards I'm going to, I'm going to be able to give the Lord. What kind of rewards will I receive? I heard a preacher say, tell a story one time, and I'm going to close. Tell a story one time of a man who was sitting at a, at a Waffle House eating breakfast. That's the best place to eat breakfast, kind of. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he was sitting down eating breakfast. <laughs> Actually, sitting at my wife's table is the best place to eat breakfast. All right. She's not even here to hear that. That won't help me. Maybe she's listening. No, she ain't listening. She's got all them kids over there. But, uh, but sitting down, he was sitting down there eating or whatever. And uh, he was an older fellow. A younger guy came in and he recognized him. Hadn't seen him in years. And sat down beside him and said, hey, man, you helped me. He said, uh, I remember when I was just a young boy. He said, you helped me get started in the construction business. And he said, uh, he said, well, now I've got my own business and things are, things are going good. And he, you know, talking to him, he said, well, you know, I'm kind of down on my luck. I ain't going to have, you know, he said, I've kind of lost my job. I've been without a job. And he said, well, listen, he said, I want to hire you. I want you to come work for me. I want you to build a house for me. And he said, well, I'll let you, you know, to be the con I'll let you be the guy who leads up the program and, and uh, build the house from start to finish, all the way from, all the way from the top to bottom, uh, build the house. So the old man, he, they, he draws up the plans and gets, uh, he gets the plans all drawn up and starts building the house. And they meet every couple of weeks to talk about, you know, make sure that things are going on course. And he gives him a line of credit and does all this kind of thing. And, and uh, he, he allows him to build the house. Well, he said, well, when you get done building the house, so let's meet again at, at, at the Waffle House to eat breakfast or whatever. So they met again that, that, that morning, and uh, they were talking to the house was done. He said, it's completely done. I finished it. House done from top to bottom. And the guy, and the young guy looked at the older fellow. He said, listen, he said, the reason I wanted you to do that is because I want you to have the house. And he handed him the keys to it. He said, I wanted to do that for you because of all the things that you've done for me. And that guy, the old guy began to cry. He said, let's... He began to cry. He looked at the young guy. He said, listen, I can't do that. He said, you, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. He said, but I skimped on everything. He said, I took that line of credit that you gave me, and I used it to buy things I shouldn't have bought. And I didn't buy the right two by fours I should have bought. And I, and I didn't buy the right four. And I skimped on the I, I went. I, I, I did the least that I could to build that house. He said, I, I didn't do it right. He said, I can't accept it. The guy handed him the keys. He said, no, sir. You have to live in the house you build. I'll tell you something. When we get to heaven, you've got to live in the house you build. Right. All that wood, that hay, and that stubble, and the gold, and the silver, and precious stones. I'm going to have to live in Trenton's house. Right. 
says that all of our works will be tried. And the Bible does say that there will be some in heaven that are saved, yet so as by fire. What does that mean, preacher? That means that all their works that they did, all their good things that they did, burn up and they don't have nothing to, not, no reward. Right. They're saved. Yeah. But they don't have anything to give God. Because mm -hmm. all they did with their life was do their own thing. What kind of house are you going to live in? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for church. Thank you for everyone that's here. I pray, dear God, that you've helped us. I pray that you've encouraged us. 